Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded, from Disaster Recovery Journal and its flawless business resilience. Now, here's your host, Vanessa Vaughn. Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Vaughn, the founder and resilience officer of Asphalus Advisors. We have a great guest lined up for you today, speaking on the topic of leveraging your business continuity management program and cybersecurity incident response. So let's jump right in and meet Ramesh Warrior, the director from EBRP Solutions. Ramesh, thanks you very much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Minister, to be interviewed, and I hope I can add some value to our listeners. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and how you got into the world of business continuity? As most folks say, I was born and told. <laughs> I used to work for a bank. I was in the technology operation, and I used to be everything from a planning analyst to a break and fit to building servers, migrating networks, building databases. That was my job at this bank. And one day I got called by the director and said, we have been warned about a civil disobedience where the downtown core where we worked was going to be shut down by the trade union. And we have about 15, 17 kilometers away, we have a space that need to be built up as a recovery point, recovery center, work area. This was in the 95, 96 timeframe when everything was revolving around mainframes. AS400, TCPIP, sorry, TCPIP was not really born. It was all those days, it was token ring networks and stuff like that. So I was given this challenge and I was given 72 hours to build out this area for seating 600 people with AS400 connectivity, printers, networks, everything set up from a bare green field room. And I was given three staff to work with and I was told unlimited budget. And that's how I was volunteered and dragged into this area of disaster recovery. <laughs> now, subsequently, what I found was a lot of exciting opportunities. So I made that my forte, and I started developing my practicing skills around that. Wow. That's how I got into business continuity disaster recovery. Wow. So I am an entrepreneur myself, and I would just love to get your thoughts on entrepreneurship and some of your experiences in this industry. Entrepreneurship essentially is to find a niche for you and build value for your customers as well as build some kind of asset for yourself. So it's a two-way relationship. The idea of entrepreneur is not to be another 7-Eleven or another gas station. It is actually to find a niche, find something that's new, that's something going to add value to already existing practice. So from an point of view, you always put yourself in your customers, your prospect, your potential customers, shoes and say what is their what are their challenges and how are you going to solve that challenges is there anything you can add and you know to alleviate those problems so that is i think the mindset of entrepreneur is to find add value and add something new to your customers and fantastic so back to our topic on leveraging your business continuity management program and cybersecurity and incident response what is cybersecurity I think that's the most scary thing that everyone is talking about. Cybersecurity typically is about data and information. So it was revolving around computer security. So when you say cybersecurity, it is to protect your critical assets. Now, if you are a nation like USA or New Zealand or Dubai, then you are protecting your critical infrastructure, your power networks, your water uh, and your transportation, your airline, protecting them from attack is the nation's, their mission is 
when you talk cyber security for them it's about critical infrastructure when you talk about utility power utilities then it's protecting their uh, critical infrastructure to ensure they can continue to deliver products and services to their consumers but when you look at businesses where they deliver commercial products and services mostly cyber security is related to protecting your assets which is data and information technology assets whether it's your network your storage your mainframe your servers and your workstation and that is what cyber security revolves around in very generic term businesses are more focused on your confidentiality integrity and availability of your information uh, assets and that is what cyber security is there to protect them. Exactly. so what about incident response now incident response when you talk about incident it is many things to different people you know human beings they discover so many languages similarly when you have english language people start to discover words then they are creating new words for example in the 70s we had recovery then it became restor- restoration now resuming now it became resiliency <laughs> and similarly we discover words just to keep ourselves entertained that's my thought because for me an incident means any disruption to our ability to deliver products and services is an incident but somehow the cyber security folks have adopted it and now when you talk about incident typically that incident is about information data breach or information system being impacted that is what the incident refers to today so within that context incident response what does it mean there are two streams one is to find the malware analyze it contain it eradicate it that is called incident handling and that's the first response when you think in terms of what you do when there's a cyber data breach being noticed or detected the other response is that you might have financial regulatory or reputational damage then that's crisis management in the realm of crisis management now if due to this breach there's a service outage then that could be business continuity and disaster recovery so when you talk of incident response it involves all these phases by incident handling which typically is dealt by information security professionals and incident response based upon the impact of that breach then there could be business continuity crisis management and disaster recovery folks involved so what is the fud factor fud and why is it the immediate response to a cyber event i think that's natural human reaction to anything that they don't expect unexpected even creates uncertainty creates fear and doubt that's what you fear doubt or fear uncertainty and doubt that's what you mean by fud factor mm-hmm. right so when something like a data breach happens the first reaction is panic whether you're prepared whether you know how to react to it first is what is the state of impact who might be impacted is your customers impacted is your reputation impacted do you going to have regulatory uh, compliance issues do you have financial institutions being impacted so many questions arise and that creates a lot of fear uncertainty and doubt and that's the first reaction and that is good because most people tend to work better in panic situations <laughs> do you think that training and exercises help to alleviate that absolutely being prepared you get muscle memory you develop skills you know whom to turn to you now have the skilled people so you can collaborate so in terms of exercising very frequently it is very very important to understand that you have the ability the resources skills to respond to it exercising constantly and proving to senior management gets the buy in from senior management and creates a level of credibility for your program as well as a confidence in your senior executive that your program is viable so they will get continued funding you will get a policy a chair at the table of crisis management or incident response if you need a seat there you need to create a credible program yeah. so exercising develops credibility 
So you have a lot of experience in the technology world, cyber, incident response. What are some cyber events that stand out to you the most? Realistically, our company got impacted in 2015. And the first factor was flood, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Mm -hmm. What is the impact? Who is impacted? Who do I have to notify? And how many people should I be asked? So from a first experience, you start to develop a practice. You say, what do we do? We have information technology people. We have every kind of firewall, intrusion detection, wireless scanners in the organization. But what had happened was some smart aleck decided they're going to download something from a BitTorrent site. They downloaded And next day, somebody noticed very high level of activity on a server, which is supposed to have no activity at all because it's called a software build, where we build our software, which is one to three months. We build a new version, test it, and ready to go. So normally that server is not at all used except for that build purpose. Suddenly because of our network monitoring tools, we say, hey, CPU is very high on that particular server. And we then discovered our information security people did the analysis and found that there was cyber cryptocurrency mining was going on. Somebody had installed some software to crypto to mine cryptocurrency, right? That was the kind of eye-opener. And when we realized it's not if, but when you'll be impacted. All protection, detection technology put only reduces the surface of attack. It doesn't eliminate or reduce the risk to zero. It can never be zero. So we've been impacted and that was a good experience to learn. Now, what is another example that we have worked with? It was a prospect we were trying to convince to buy our software and solutions. They said, no, we don't need it because we are a highly available distributed data center. We have one in a city called Piscataway, I think it's near Philadelphia. And we have one in Dallas and we have one in Charlotte. So we are distributed. We don't think we have an impact. Well, this January, they had a ransomware which locked on all the data centers. They didn't involve the DR or BC people. Nobody came to know except then the services were not available. They acted as a standard operating procedure to recover. They took 10 days to recover. Then my question was, what happened to your RTO? What happened to your recovery point objective? They paid over a $100 million fine penalty for that. And this was, again, truly, we had ringside view to the whole event. So, talking about experience, we have a lot of experience in this area of cybersecurity and consulting in this field. So, what would you rather spend, $100 million? <laughs> <laughs> On the back end, <laughs> one is you know when the executors think that it is not coming out of my pocket. Okay. <laughs> Second, there is no executive liability that the CEO and the CFO and CEO are still having job, and your hundred million comes out of insurance money. You know what? You are not going to come back and say I need to put more protection. There's there's going to point fingers at the CISO and say hey, get your act together. But very little happens because the liability is so low. Except if you look at Equifax, where there was a big hack uh, about a year back, well, they lost all the C-suite, that's called executive liability. But until that happens in every situation, uh, this is business as usual. Yeah. Um, so what recommendations do you have for companies who are in the process of building out an integrated business continuity management program? And when I say integrated, I mean crisis management, business continuity, information technology. What are your recommendations for that? See, in many cases in our experience of 20 years being in the field as consulting companies, what we see is that business continuity disaster recovery are created, the programs are created just as a response to audit expression. Somebody says, hey, audit just come along and say, where is your BC or DR plan? You create a plan for it. And these plans are done by, I would say, largely people 
who are not inside most people are either they come as consultants for a year two year or three year and then they're going for the next engagement right so what we see is until you understand the culture of the organization it's very difficult to build a program that is truly holistic and that's truly viable and create a credible program what we've seen in programs is that are my critical applications critical business process to be restored that is not really how it functions how the world functions or how organization function and that's the wrong take because we have built the BIA, the BCP, strategy development, what I call the path, the flow of that and everyone follows that like a cookie cutter and that is the kind of problem with the industry. If I have to advise somebody, I say start by looking at the mission statement of your organization. Why does your organization exist? What are your critical products and services? Who are your critical services or who are your critical constituents and customers? That's the question you have to ask. And then align your planning to your organization structure. For example, in the technology world, if I have a network, database, mainframe, servers, storage, then align my plan to that structure. So the storage guy writes his little plan, network people write their plan. And when we need to put it together, we pick up the piece part, integrate it at the incident response level. What plans do we need to act If we can do these two things, make your planning organic. Align it to the mission of the organization, align it to organization structure, skills, and then I think your planning will be credible. That makes complete sense, and I think you're absolutely right. The company culture, you have to understand that and how they operate before you can start to make those types of recommendations. What feedback do you have for mid-market companies? And I think mid-market can depend on where you live, right? What recommendations do you have for, for those types of companies who have not made the investment in their information security programs? And the reason why I ask this is I meet a lot of business leaders in the mid-market space, they're high-growth companies, and they say, well, hey, I don't see a need to make an investment in information security. No one wants our data. No one wants our information that we have inside of our computer system. But what I always say is, well, do your customers want that? <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> You don't exist if you don't have a viable products and service to offer. If you have a product and service you are offering and there are any constituents in the customers, then there's something valuable in your organization. It could be intellectual property, it could be uh, uh, customer case files, it might be product services, it can be data, it can be personal credit card information. You could accumulate a lot of information that you think might not be relevant, but if there's a taker, if there's a customer, then you have something valuable and that has to be protected. Two kind of trends I'm seeing in the industry, whether it's mid-market, small or high, is that the feeling that if I move to the cloud, then I reduce my risk because the cloud companies put a lot of production around and that's how they package the cloud solution. And that is the trend we are seeing more and more people saying, if I move to a cloud solution in the cloud, my risk, I have reduced my risk. Mm -hmm. But again, we say, you have not eliminated the risk, there is always risk. So mid-small market, we'll say instead of building your own technology, data centers, and expertise, see if moving the cloud can reduce risk. That is critically what we say. Second, we say in terms of organization, you have to constantly evaluate what the critical asset you are creating. Information is a critical asset. You have to see, are you being regulated? Does GDPR apply to you? Does HIPAA apply to you? Does SOX apply to you? then you have to take care of that information because the regulatory uh, impact can be tremendous, right? So we tell our staff, you might not build a program, but be aware who your victims could be, what regulatory compliance you have to have, as well as you have to figure out what intellectual property you are generating. 
I call it data classification. That's where your data has regenerated, so you know where to look, what you might say, what is the impact. To do that, at least do the basic well, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Can you help me share with our listeners where they can find you, whether that's on social media or anything like that? As I keep telling people, you can't miss me. Once you heard me, once you seen me, you can't miss me. Again, I am on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, and our ebrp.website, ebrp.net, you can always find me. Plus, I tend to speak at all conferences. I'm speaking at DRJ, and I express a lot of my thoughts in our blogs. So at least one in two weeks, we generate a blog, and that is typically related to the season. So the cyber, cyber security is a new thing, we'll talk about that. And today what we are seeing is a lot of business content disaster security people are talking process modeling, mm-hmm. saying there's a better way to do your BIAs and BCPs, and they're adopting process modeling. And we were the pioneer of process modeling in 2002 when we introduced EBRP suite. We, at the very core was concept called process modeling. So that still is there. So we write about process modeling, crisis management. We talk about incident management. And there's a lot of stuff you can find on our website. All right, listeners. Well, you heard it best. Thank you very much for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asbalas Advisor. Look out for future episodes. Business Resilience Decoded is produced and edited by John Seals. For more information, visit drj.com slash decoded and asfalasadvisors.com slash decoded. Write to us on Twitter at drdecoded.